This episode of 1514 is brought to you by the BCC's Building Bridges campaign. Help us build unity by creating connection in the biblical counseling world by supporting us monthly. Go to biblicalcc.org, click on the donate button, and sign up to support us today. Thank you. Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 15:14, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of 1514. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Today we continue our series looking at the 10th anniversary celebration of the founding of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. If you are a partner, thank you so much for being a partner and supporting the ministry of the BCC. And if you're not, I'd encourage you to jump online, click on the Partner With Us tab and find out more about you, how you as a biblical counselor can become a part of the Biblical Counseling Coalition's ministry, supporting us and uh, getting some great benefits for yourself as well. Today I have with me my uh, immediate predecessor in the role of executive director, uh, Garrett Higby. Garrett is a variety of different ministry roles in life, so I'm going to let him introduce himself a little bit more. Garrett, thanks so much for being with us today. Hey, Curtis. Great to be with you. And yeah, uh, Tammy and I have been in, in and out of a lot of different roles of ministry over the years. And uh, right now, as you know, I'm still on the board of the BCC. I love that ministry. Uh, 12 Stones as well as another ministry I'm on, on the board of. And then I'm primarily a pastor for Harvest Church North Indy in Indianapolis, uh, overseeing all their soul care. And I still do a little bit of work with the GCC, as you know. Uh, I'm a leader care specialist, which basically just means when pastors get in trouble, they call me. Yeah, well, that's great. And that's the the Great Commission Collective, right? Is a GCC. I got that right. Yeah. And then you also you also have a ministry called Soul Care Consulting, correct? So, I mean, again, the variety of hats there. To be too many too many initials, so I skipped (laughs) that. But yeah, I I do have a consulting practice with a bunch of really solid men and women that work with me to help churches implement soul care or help leaders get healthy. That's that's great. Yeah, and actually Lee Lewis, I just interviewed him for a podcast that'll be coming out actually after this one, uh, but he's going to share a little bit about what that entails too. So cool. uh, that's great. Uh, well, we are recording this. It's Monday, November 16th, and we just found out over the weekend that our our dear brother and kind of father in the biblical counseling movement, Jay Adams, passed away. And I just want to take a moment with a few of the, the people that we're interviewing and, and just ask your thoughts, just share a brief memory or some way in which uh, Dr. Adams was influential in your life or ministry. Yeah, so I met Jay in 1993, believe it or not. Um, and he was one of the first people I met when I understood that um, I didn't really know what I was doing uh, as a Christian counselor. I had become a Christian in the early 90s, and I was already a psychologist. And I'm like, is there a way to counsel through scripture? And then I ran into Jay Adams along with Bob Smith, 
Steve Byers, Randy Patton, and Dave Paulson at the same conference. It kind of blew me away. Hmm. Um, and I remember Jay as being very helpful, very patient with me, asking some crazy questions. He always had a little smile on his face, kind of like, Garrett, you know, as long as you keep trying, I'll keep trying to explain. <laughs> so he was... Uh, he was pretty sweet. He, I traveled with him and Randy and some other folks uh, to do a on-the-road NANC uh, thing, I think up in New England hmm. in the mid-90s. And that's when I got to know him better. And man, does he have, he, he, you know, he had a great sense of humor, uh, deep knowledge of the word, and, and a real desire to see pastors and leaders um, be able to counsel biblically well and um yeah he was just a really uh significant um figure in most of our lives uh that have any history of biblical counseling yeah yeah well thank you for sharing that that's a really great i'm glad you had that opportunity and you know most of us uh my well, maybe not most, but a lot of us have not had as much interaction as that. So it's great to hear from people who got to spend some real time with him. Uh, well, this episode, as I mentioned at the start, we're we're looking back at the last 10 years of the BCC because November of 2020 is the 10th anniversary of the official founding of the organization, according to our documentation, uh, uh, and but also looking a little bit ahead. And I wanted to, to talk to the previous executive directors, talk to Bob, I talk, talking to you today. Um, <clears throat> tell us, first and foremost, how did you become a part of the Biblical Counseling Coalition? Yeah, so in fact, Jay was speaking at his last public appearance for NANC. I think it would have been 2009 down in like South Carolina or somewhere. Anyway, he was speaking and he threw the gauntlet down and basically said, hey, I've done what I came to do. I've left a, a bit of a foundation, but I believe there are men and women that will take this to the next level. And I remember thinking, well, there it is. It's time to decide where, where the counseling movement's going to go uh, post Jay's main influence. And I remember Steve Byers, Randy Patton, and Dick Paulson, as well as Bob Kellerman, and I all sat down within uh, days of that uh, meeting or that uh, public address and said, we need to do something different. We need to start some kind of collaborative effort with leaders around the country and maybe even around the world. And it was a, a catalytic meeting mm. uh, where we realized it was time that we, you know, really figured out how to uh, pull a movement together and not be a bunch of separate entities trying to do biblical counseling. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a that was a big transition time for the movement then for sure. Um I already interviewed Bob as I mentioned before who talked about the founding and his role as the founding executive director. And a few years back you took over that role. Uh so what what led to that? How did you how did you come into that role? Yeah, I think I was um, I really wasn't looking for another role, but Bob and, and I think a couple of other guys approached me at one of our early summits and just said, Garrett, um, 
what do you think? Do you have time, even if it was part time, to help take this uh, and you know build off of what I've done, what Bob had done, and Bob had done a huge amount of work mm-hmm. and was really gifted at the administrative side and building processes, which I'm not as strong at. But more, I was more interested in the relationships and expanding our influence and so um i thought about it prayed about it talked to my church about it and and got permission to go half time i was particularly interested in the being a being someone that would unite uh men and women together that's always been a uh, passion of mine. I love synergy. I love unity. I love collaboration. And Bob had done such a great job of starting that, but there was still more work to be done. And so I, I jumped in to try to establish that even more. So what was going on in the in the broader movement at that point in our history? And how did that influence what you did with the BCC and that leadership I feel like we, you know, people were just starting to uh, say, you know, we could work better together, but there hadn't been a lot of inroads in establishing what the unique value proposition of each biblical counseling um, organization was. So Mm -hmm. I actually went and sat with each of the executive directors and started talking to them about what what do you really want to be known for and what would be uniquely contributing to the movement from your angle and then where do you not want to recreate the wheel where does somebody else maybe got room to sort of establish their own niche in this uh, movement and so those were really good conversations with guys like uh, Heath Lambert at the time or David Pollison or Jeremy Lelick or others and and those were super productive and I think everybody was in the mindset yeah you're right let's Let's figure out what we do better or as well as anyone else and what we want to be known for and then not uh, necessarily recreate the wheel or step on somebody's toes, but actually complement one another in the way that we do our organization, our planning, even our conferences. And we, we began to start to try to do that. Yeah. How, how, um, what were some of maybe some, some of the fruit of those conversations and that work and your, under your tenure here? Um, well, one thing, and I know you've built on this and, and probably, uh, had better success than I have, but we were, we tried to get the executive directors of the different organizations together on, on zoom calls or, mm-hmm. uh, different conference calls. And even when we had the summit, and began to just get to know each other. And as you know, once you get to know each other, you just automatically um, think more about those other entities or organizations when you're planning or, or considering, or even talking to somebody who might have a misunderstanding of that organization or that person. So that began to happen. And so I think there were deeper relationships a little bit more coordination, though I think we still have room to go in terms of the way people even trained and did events and what people chose not to do because someone else was already doing it pretty well. So I, I think we began to see that um, crystallize um, right around the time I was I was starting to step away and you were coming in. Yeah, one, um, 
that's been a really helpful aspect of it too. And, and maybe I'll come back to that in a moment because you had some really good in, input for us last year when we gathered together because all of the, in the last couple of years, all of the executive directors have of those of ACBC, CCF, ABC have switched role uh, leaders. So yeah. it was a really yeah. interesting time. Uh, but before we jump to that, one of the things that was really significant during your time was the the first ever Biblical Counseling Global Summit that took place in, in 2016. Uh, tell tell our audience a little bit about how what sparked that idea for you yeah. and then and then share some of the fruit from that. Well, that was not an idea that just came out of nowhere. I remember sitting at an AAC conference with David Pollison, you know, in the 90s, and he and I were dreaming together a little bit about what the uh, biblical counseling uh, movement could look like someday, especially as it related to uh, international involvement mm-hmm. and in training and developing relationships with international partners. And it was, it seemed like a pipe dream at the time, but I never forgot that. Um, and I, I, I knew we could learn so much from our global partners and I knew we had resources and, and translation things and other uh, ways that we could benefit the biblical counseling movement abroad. And it was really, really taking off in some places, but I wasn't sure it was taking off in the, the, the always in the same direction uh, we were going in the States. And so um, I was really passionate about seeing if we could pull together a global summit. And uh, it was just so cool to, to get those folks together, men and women from around the world. Yeah, I was I was not at the meeting, but I was a, I did watch all the video from it, and it looked like just a, I mean, a, an amazing gathering of people from all over the world. I can't remember the exact number of countries represented, but quite a few. And I just remember talking to to David Pallison and others who were there, and then in those impact meetings afterwards, and he. David especially highlighted just what a significant e- historic event it was to have something like that. So um, we were hoping to do one this year, and uh, uh, and COVID under God's right, sovereignty yeah. had other plans. But really, really excited to carry forward that that event. Hopefully, in the in the future. What do you think? Um, why why is it so important and significant for us to think? broadly and globally as biblical counselors rather than just becoming focused on a particular nation? Well, first of all, you, you know, quite well, Curtis, that, um, we're better together. We learn a ton when we, uh, compare, uh, even culturally different ways we might approach an issue. But the thing we have in common is the Bible, the Mm -hmm. sufficiency and authority of God's word, uh, the way the spirit is working in the biblical counseling sessions uh, between all these counselors around the world. There was such a commonality of our deep passion for theology, our philosophy of, 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 you know, really deeply caring for people and deepening our discipleship and care. But then our methodologies were different. And it was, it's just really fascinating to hear 
what's working in Brazil, what's working in Romania, what's working mm. in in Germany or in India or wherever, and how those cultures we we do have to contextualize some of our um, counseling strategies to 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 cultural, you know variables that are out there. And uh, I think our cultural intelligence went up like 10x after that summit. Mm, Yeah. No, it's very good. I I remember one of my favorite quotes from one of our international council members. He said that, that, I won't quote it exactly, but just that he really valued how much the BCC values the international partners, that they bring them in and make them a part of the leadership uh, equal, not... um, some second rate, you know, come along and you can be attached to this organization, but we're not really going to listen to you. But the the international members became just on par with everybody else sitting around the table. And even and yeah. Sasha coming yeah. on as the first international member on the board of directors. So, yeah, that was a really... Well, that, that Sasha's been amazing and it helped to us. And I know like BCC now is going on and its own way in Brazil and Canada and Germany and other places is like what sort, it isn't exactly how we do it, but they, they believe in the same things we believe in and they, they would sign off on, on the same confessional, um, you know, statements we would, but they would then do it in a way that we could all learn from one another, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really exciting to, to see that one, one question I didn't send you ahead of time. And I think, uh, I don't know how, but I've kind of missed it with some of the other people, but the, the three books, Christ Center Biblical Counseling, Biblical Counseling in the Church and, uh, Scripture and Counseling, how did those come about? And, and I mean, cause that must've been, just been a mammoth effort to coordinate all those writers. Yeah. <laughs> You and I are fond of saying it's like herding squirrels, you know, yeah. it's like, it, it, it's not easy or cats, maybe even worse. Uh, but anyway, the, um, the, the, the cool thing was, is it forced us as, um, leaders in the movement to sit down together and co-author chapters, um, which isn't an easy task as you know. And, mm. um, but it made us communicate deeply and then just putting all those things together in these books i think it it created you know uh a a a library for the average biblical counseling student that um had a lot of really good experience and diversity in it it wasn't an easy thing to do we decided it would be a way to fund the ministry and, and really, uh, promote collaboration. That's Mm. why we did it. Um, and also provide, I think a seminal resource for the biblical counseling movement, but, but it was, uh, it was not easy. I'm not sure even the the people that published them would want us to do a whole lot more of that, (laughs) (laughs) but, but what we did was really, I think helpful. And I, I've used those books over and over again uh, when I'm teaching and training and even reviewing things for uh, counseling. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely a reference material where you can read. You could sit down and read straight through it and learn a ton, but it's the kind of material where you're going to go back 
again and again and again to those chapters right. and refresh your memory. Uh, and we're excited. The The second edition of Christ Center Biblical Counseling is going to be coming out in early 2021. So I know oh, good. I really appreciate you contributing and helping out with that. So the Biblical Counseling Coalition invites you to join us in building unity by creating connection in the world of biblical counseling. The Building Bridges campaign is designed to help us expand and strengthen the network of biblical counseling ministries around the world. Our goal is to add $3,200 of ongoing monthly donations by the end of 2021. Whether you can give $10 a month or $500 a month, your support will help us accomplish this great mission. Visit biblicalcc.org, click on the donate button, and sign up to give today. Uh, well, what other what what were some of the other significant things that happened? Because in in two you were working part time <laughs> in this role, yeah. which is incredible that you were able to pull off the the global summit and and all the other things. Um, but what other things did you when you reflected back on your time were you really encouraged by or felt were significant? Yeah. I, I mean, one thing we, we hired uh, at the time, you, you know her well, Jody uh, Montgomery, and she, she did a good job for us in terms of a couple of things. One, organizing and developing uh, a, a retreat that was uh, very significant for our uh, council members, uh, connecting with our council members, board members in a way that they felt like they had somebody that could coordinate efforts and and help collaborate with ideas and so i think just her her help was huge in the beginning um i think the summits got better and better uh we used to call retreats got better and better i think people actually saw them as you have said as a highlight of their year where they're getting together with men and women who understand the burden of soul care deeply mm. and and have life experience and and similar um, passions like mindedness i mean that was just a, a jewel to do mm. that every year and and uh, i think uh that that just improving that deepening that making it even more relational um seeing a need for a full-time executive director i in my tenure, I was like, we got to get somebody who's willing to do this and sort of step into this all in and take the risk with us that this is worth doing full time. And we don't know how we're going to pay for it. We don't know how it's going to be sustainable. Uh, we don't know if this person will even want to do it a year <laughs> later, but we, we got to try to find some naive young, uh, no, I mean, some <laughs> wise and discerning young man who's got a lot of energy. Some crazy person. Yeah. Do this. And, um, and that's uh, honestly a big part of my thing was trying to uh, create enough things from uh, what Bob did and I did that we could hand a legacy off to somebody that could take this to the next level. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the kind of my next line of questioning was what was that, how did that decision making process go? Obviously you experientially realized I'm doing this part time, but there's probably more that can be done, you know, but fill in the, fill in the gaps for our audience. Yeah. There. Yeah. So part time, what you could do is you could keep kind of pushing some of the balls forward that were already in play, but there were a bunch of balls that weren't in play. Um, I think one of them was there was a, a better way 
to collaborate with like um, some of the conferences going on and mm. just be a part of those, be more than just a display at the conference, but really see how we could bless them, how we could create more partnerships with some of the people coming. I think you've done a great job at that. Um, look for people who really had a passion for, and I didn't have enough time to do this, but look for other, uh, you know, people who could help support the ministry that had a passion for seeing um, biblical counseling move from a bunch of disparate organizations to a unified movement. And I think you've found some people that just have had a passion to see that go on and, and, and even take more form over the last couple of years. Um, I think the other thing that person could could do and did in what you have done is um, build the board, build and develop the board a little bit more thoroughly, um, create opportunities for more resource development, even even some books and mini books being kind of published under the BCC label, which Bob had a real passion for, but I think you've continue to drive that forward with Deepak and others. And there was just a ton of things that Bob and I both need, knew needed to be done that we just didn't have the capacity to do. Mm, yeah. Well, I, yeah, the idea fairy keeps putting out good ideas. It's, it's finding the time and the resources to, yeah. to accomplish them. That's good. And, and I'm going to step away for a minute. Cause I was going to, my next question is how, how do you think it's gone? Uh, and I don't want to, you know, I haven't paid you don't want to be totally self-serving here, but just curious, you know, I know you've mentioned a few things there, but, uh, as you've been able to watch for the last couple of years, the BCC develop after you stepped away from that role, what have you seen? And I'll yeah, step away I, so you can just tell our audience, you know, just you, the two okay. of you. <laughs> Curtis is Curtis went into a soundproof room and <laughs> has no idea what I'm going to say. And it's going to be brutal, uh, brutally honest. He's done a great job. Um, uh, you know, this is a hard ministry in some ways to lead. You're leading people who are, you know, your superiors in some way and mm -hmm. either by mm -hmm. age or intellect or or accomplishment or something so you have to have a humility that uh that is uh you just can't have an ego in this and and i believe that 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 has not shown up here that the ego and so that's huge i think then you also have to sort of have a passion to see uh something that is really hard to fundraise for um be sustainable um it's hard to fundraise for something that people don't see like immediate street credibility for like, yeah. Oh, you know, leader care or uh, counseling in the moment or in a community or something. But uh, I'm just going to try to help people get along and uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to create opportunities for biblical counselors to, uh, you know, share best ideas, uh, build relationships so they're not talking about each other, but to each other, as Bob would say. Um, I'm going to be all about that. Isn't that fun? Why don't you pay for that for us? You know, like it's just, uh, I'm going to, we're going to build resources, but we're not going to have enough money to really get the money back out of them. So we need your help to supplement that. It's just hard stuff in a way but it's so worth every bit of it and i think you've mm -hmm. done a really uh a great job of 
doing what I was, I was wondering how you would do at, at, at sustainability financially. I know right now it's tough, to be mm-hmm. honest, to those who are listening. This is a tough year for everybody, but a particularly challenging year. Uh, where we need to raise more uh, funds to support the ministry. But in, in the last few years, that's been a real success. The other thing is you just keep breaking down silos. I know we've had some controversy here and there where maybe um, um, some methodology and even some philosophical things have been kind of stretched to some limits on our council board and um, and you've had to negotiate that, and I think you've done that with grace and wisdom. Mm. Well, thank you. I stepped out of my soundproof booth, and I appreciate the encouragement. And the uh, no it's, problem. It's like you've been in this role before. You kind of know, yeah. <laughs> you know my world. So yeah. yeah. Well, I it, I think you you said it really well when you when I was coming on, and we spent a lot of time together on the phone and in person, and. In a sense, you kind of said we've we've got a we've bought you a sports car, we've got you the keys. Here you go, just don't crash it. So it's good to hear that I haven't maybe a few dents and dings here and there, but haven't haven't run it into a wall yet. So <laughs> well, you got to drive it. You got to drive it, yep. and when you drive it, you're gonna run into a few things here and there. But yeah, you have not totaled it. That's for sure. Well, thank you. When when you um, look ahead, because we're we're excited about looking back at ten years, but we're also excited about what the Lord's going to do in the future. What do you see as some of the hurdles or challenges that we're going to face? Yeah, nothing all that new under the sun, Curtis, there's going to, you know, we got to watch out for, for spiritual pride and sectarianism where we, you know, limit ourselves by thinking our thing is the best thing, or we don't need anybody else, or I've got to protect my borders to the point where no one even has passport to speak into my ministry or my my leadership or life Mm. so that's one area i think we have to always be cautious of the other is probably fear and insecurity that limits our creativity or our ability to have hard conversations because wow if that guy thinks that way i'm not even going to talk to him or Mm. i don't you know i don't know if he's going to even listen well go and have the conversation and see if you can sharpen each other um, at the same time, I think we have to continue to protect our orthodoxy of the sufficiency and authority of the word and the character of the counselor, um, you know, while we're really stretching to be as collaborative and creative as possible. So nothing really new. We, we've been doing this for a while, but I think, I think with sort of what's going on in the world today, yeah. um, the, the potential, as, as Randy Patton had mentioned, of persecution and, and even more challenges to the Christian um, ethic and leadership, I think we need to just sort of drop some of the um, silo kind of thinking and start really supporting and, and backing each other up as much as possible. Yeah, no, that's a good word. I think the why we were why this organization was created, the 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 need, the silos, the sometimes hostility or misunderstanding still exists and we still still need to keep pressing into that and moving forward and I think you're totally right and Randy like you said Randy mentioned it this this year all of the 
trials and difficulties. Uh, I, I've joked with a few of you in our intern meeting with one, one of our interns said, 2020 is like sand in my trousers. It's like everywhere I turn and move, I just feel raw and rough. And, 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 <laughs> and I think that that should make us cause us to be a little bit more cautious, a little bit more sensitive to, to putting out things that are offensive and divisive. Um, but also remind us that we need to, uh, drop those less, they're not insignificant, but less primary issues, uh, and really work together on those primary things. Yeah. What, what excites you about the future of the biblical counseling coalition and the biblical counseling movement at large? Yeah, I think three things. One, just the continued global partnerships. I love hearing from people around the world and learning from them and just collaborating with them. Um, relationships in general between uh, different, uh, there's, you don't know how many times, I'm sure you felt the same way, Curtis, where I'm having a really rough season and I think of my brother or sister in the same foxhole doing counseling, trying to do training and equipping and this crazy time and just they're in it with me and they're and I know them and I love them and so I'll text somebody and they're like no you're not crazy I feel the same way or hey hang in there brother or whatever that's been huge um and then the resources I mean I I don't think we've tapped all the potential good resources we could continue to, to to put out there just by the by getting together and and I, I love the way you're trying to take when we do a summit or we do anything well, capture it and then publish it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that benefits all those who are trying to follow the biblical counseling movement. And I think the BCC website is, is phenomenal. I, I send people to it all the time. And, um, and just some of the things you've done to create more options for people to be uh, trained and equipped. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's uh, that's really encouraging, and I'm excited about the same things, especially the relationships. I think that's the the core of what we are going to do, and and what is is most necessary. I mean, building unity yeah. is going to revolve around relationships, and those resources. I think they come naturally as we build those. Re- with the, when you get the type of people together who get together on the BCC Council, resources are going to come. They're just going to be yeah. better. Uh, because of the the relationships that are there, so well, great, brother. It's been a, it's always a pleasure. Uh, but we're down to the last few minutes of our episode, which I save for a segment called Two Minute Favorites." Are you ready for this? I think so. I think some people get more nervous about these questions than the than the the. <laughs> than the actual interview. Uh, but here we go. Starting the timer now. What is your favorite food? Um. I love Italian, just about anything Italian. Mm. Favorite color? Green. Favorite sport? Football. Favorite sports team? Colts. Favorite gift you've ever received? Uh, my wife. Favorite gift you've ever given? Uh, that is a good question. Um, Who? I'm having trouble thinking. I, I feel like it probably was something I gave Tammy. Um, and I'm trying to think of what would have been my, probably our, our anniversary gift was a, a trip to Hawaii on our 20th. Uh, favorite word. Favorite word is redemption. Least favorite word. Uh, shame. 
Favorite book of the Bible? Right now, it'd be the Psalms. Hmm. Favorite book outside of Scripture? Um, hmm, that's another tough one. I would probably uh, say uh, there's a book uh, that Andrew Murray wrote about abiding that I've really gotten a lot of. Favorite candy? Favorite candy. This my kids make fun of me because I it's bit of honey. Favorite ice cream flavor? Um, probably coffee. Favorite uh, Bible verse? The one that comes to mind right off the top of my head is Jonah two two eight. If you had, if you could choose any superpower, what superpower would you choose? Probably fly. I'd like to fly. Favorite movie? Uh, favorite movie. Wow. Got so many. Um, it's just, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on, on a favorite right now. Well, that's okay. Our time's up. So we'll just have to, you'll just have to keep us guessing there. So, well, Garrett, thank you so much for being with us on 1514 today. Yeah. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.